As part of our orientation content this week, we're presenting a series of interviews with some academics, UNE staff and UNE Life personnel to help new students learn a little bit more about their study journey here at UNE. It's time to have a look at Earth Sciences from the School of Environmental and Rural Science and we have a perfect guest joining us today. Regular listeners may know her from her time as showrunner of SciFlix or as director of the award-winning short film Roller Stone and new students will surely get to know her if they study any units within the fields of geology or paleontology. So please welcome Dr. Marissa Betts, 2022 Tune FM Academic of the Year. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. What an intro. (laughs) You have Ben to thank for that. He is great at them. So to get us started, what makes Earth Sciences such an interesting field to you? Oh, Earth Science is uh, one of those fundamental things, isn't it? So um, I remember studying geology almost by accident when I was an undergraduate. I was enrolled in a completely different degree and I took an earth science subject in first year uh, out of interest and it changed my life completely. I, um, I couldn't believe that I hadn't been taught earlier about all of these fundamental processes that were important um, for knowing how our earth and our planet worked. Um, and to me, these are the things that underpin um everything from biological processes um, to climate processes everything geology is the center of everything so why should students study earth science well there's lots of reasons to study earth science and um, beyond that it's just completely fascinating I'm a paleontologist as well as a geologist and so I have a very deep interest in life on this planet and how it's evolved over millions and millions of years um, But earth science also has really important applications, especially for uh, future sustainability. So people have probably heard a lot about green technologies, you know, cars that are powered by electricity and batteries. And those kinds of technologies are going to require more and more um, things called critical metals um, and... Uh, those are the kinds of products that are coming out of the earth. So geoscience in the future will be crying out for um, new graduates and experts uh, that will have the knowledge and capacity and the skills to be able to go out and um, locate these kinds of resources so that we can actually have a sustainable future. Very, very important stuff. Mm. So what is one unit that you think every student should study? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to spruik my own course. (laughs) I am, um, I've been coordinating a subject called GL 120, uh, Dynamic Earth for a little while. This is like the companion unit. It's a first year unit to um, uh, GL 110, so the planet Earth. So if you're studying uh, Earth science, um, uh, either as a your main degree or as an elective, you'll be taking GL 110 and GL 120, um, hopefully one after the other. And 120 is one of those units that takes your knowledge from uh, like a cursory sort of interest and starts to really build um, specific skills on top of it. And um, by the end of it, I've noticed that um, my students are really, really keen to jump into more geoscience and 
paleoscience in second year. Awesome. Is this the only unit that you're teaching this trimester or are there others? Um, I, I also teach into um, a second year unit, GL202, Intro to Paleontology, and that is a super fun unit. What I've done in um, a lot of my the units that I have uh, coordinated in the past is that I've thought very um, carefully about the kinds of students that will be taking them, including a lot of online students. So we have a lot, lots of distance students at UNE. And earth science is uh, probably easy to understand that it's quite hard to teach earth science online because you um, you think, oh, I have to go out to the field or I have to go, be able to touch the materials, the fossils and the rocks. Um, but actually we have... Um, really great capacity here at UNE to create some really rich online experiences for students in earth science. And so that's what I've done in GL 120 and GL um, 202. So we have online practicals that um, leverage our 3D scanning capacity and so that students can um, digitally manipulate samples without actually needing to be here on campus. Awesome. So what is some of the hands-on work that students can look forward to while studying your units? Oh, yes. So um, like I said, you know, earth science is pretty much, you know, it's classically a hands-on kind of a subject. And that's one of the reasons why lots of people love it. And it's one of the reasons that I really loved it too, you know, at the very beginning. Um, You get opportunities to go out to the field, to see rocks and fossils in their natural habitat, as I like to say. Um, and and I find that, you know, from my own experience, having those hands-on um, experiences really helps me learn. And so I know that that's, that's true for me, but also for my students as well. So you mentioned earlier a little bit about prospective careers, you know, with green energy coming out more. What are some other careers that studying earth and environmental science can lead to? Um uh, well, there's my own career in um, academia, so I'm a I'm a researcher in paleoscience and geoscience. So that's one just one avenue that people can take if they're very interested in um, solving these kinds of questions. Our students um, will often go out into industry, and um, that can take a number of different forms. It could be mean working in a um, for a mining company. Um, those jobs can be really are dynamic and fun. They can be fly in, fly out and on and off for different um, amounts of time, going to really um, strange places and doing strange jobs. And um, you could work for uh, the government. So there's a geological survey in each of the states and territories in Australia and um, and the CSIRO as well. So there's these kinds of government initiatives to solve these kinds of big geoscientific questions. Um, and then of course you could be a teacher, for example. Um, and earth science is uh, really, we need so many um, more a passionate earth scientist teaching um, students in um, primary school and high school. I would love to see more teachers come and take earth science with us. Especially out here in regional areas as well. Absolutely. Think think about that as well. So you co-founded the Litho Lab here at UNE. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Oh, Litho Lab. So, uh, you know, we kind of, we have a wonderful paleoscience research centre. It's one of the biggest and most diverse um, paleoscience research groups in Australia. 
Um, but we also have a very strong uh, geoscience uh, contingent as well at UNE. And UNE also has a very rich history of uh, geoscience. It's one of the oldest geoscience departments in Australia, particularly in, in regional Australia. Um, it has a rock mineral and fossil collection that goes back decades and decades and decades. And these are the kinds of things that people don't necessarily appreciate about um, a, a small department in a small regional university. We are actually now one of the few places that you can come um, in Australia to study earth science. So that's one thing that I would like to really emphasise is that in the last few years, um, there's been quite considerable closures of earth science departments, particularly in the East Coast um, institutions. And so what we what we saw at UNE is that our department didn't just um, uh, survive, we've thrived and we've built even bigger. We've got more staff, more students, and this might be um, directly attributable to our uh, capacity to be really flexible with our online learning. So students that weren't able to go anywhere else, um, they can actually come and study with us no matter where they are in Australia. And so with Loon, I wanted to sort of celebrate that capacity, you know, the history that we have in earth science in Australia, but also the capacity for our community to do lots of good things for earth science, not just in Australia, but globally as well. And it's just really nice to try and, and put a name to that, you know. Yeah. How can undergraduate students get involved? Um, with Loon? Yeah. Oh, well, um, we're actually planning a uh, volunteer uh, group. So um, we've kind of done this on and off in the past uh, in a bit of an ad hoc way. We always welcome undergraduate students who are keen to get involved and keen to get experiences in earth science. And um, so there's always opportunities for someone to do something, um, uh, whether that's helping out in the lab, uh, cutting rocks, um, uh, picking samples, separating fossils, uh, preparing fossils, maybe even helping on field trips and things like that. So um, we've done that in a kind of informal way in the past, but I'm looking forward to trying to formalise that a little bit and having our volunteer group um, be connected with the, um, the New England Award so that students can get um, credit um, from volunteering with us and they can be recognised for that with the New England Award as well. Yeah, I was just going to ask, is it being associated with the New England Award? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. heard of it, make sure you look into it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, so are you currently doing any research at the moment? Yes, I am. I'm actually on a research fellowship at the moment and um, the kinds of research that I'm doing at uh, at present is big picture sort of stuff and I'm a paleontologist I guess by trade if you like and I've worked in the past on using fossils to um, help understand how old rocks are and then how we can correlate them around the world so basically building the geological time scale but I'm deeply interested in plate tectonics I think plate tectonics is like it's the big theory of everything. Um, it's a bit like um, what evolution, the, the idea of evolution is to, to biology. Plate tectonics is the thing that unites everything in geoscience. And um, so uh, I th I'm trying to kind of put together, um, well, my idea has been to put together a 
plate tectonic model for the period of time that I work in, which is the early Cambrian. Um, but I'm realising that it's a lot harder <laughs> than I thought, <laughs> which is always, um, I know it's a wonderful journey to be on when you're in research, you know, and you start, you have a question um, or a problem and then you set about trying to, to address it or solve it. And the way I've done that is to basically uh, call in all experts that I could possibly get my hands on and start to talk to them about how I might approach this problem. And um, I, it's very early stages, but um, it's one of those things that I'm very, very excited about. Yeah, I'll, I'll it sounds going. really exciting. Is it? <laughs> so you know how we have those supercontinents of mm-hmm. Gondwana and, and Pangaea. Is this plate tectonic research that you're doing sort of similar to that, giving us an idea of what the the tectonic plates looked like the way we have the continents? Exactly. Yeah. So um, as a paleontologist as well, my interest really in this kind of thing really started when I was thinking about the distributions of these different fossils that I was looking at, how they were distributed around the world. And um, the similarity of different fossil assemblages on different paleo continents is one way that people have or use, they use it as a proxy, I guess, to understand the relative distances or the, the closeness of these different chunks of land. Um, and whether or not that's a good idea is certainly up for debate. Um, the, the, one of the most um, widely used ways to reconstruct those paleo continents is, is paleomagnetic data. And so it gives you a, a paleo... Um, a coordinate almost and then you can reconstruct where things were and how how the the pathway that these different tectonic plates have taken and their journey through time whether they're crashing into one another or subducting or spreading apart and so on the the cambrian which is a period of time that i work on and the ediacaran which is just before that um biologically one of the most important intervals in the history of life on Earth. So people might have heard of something called the Cambrian explosion of life. And this is where we see in a very short, geologically short space of time, um, the appearance in the fossil record of lots and lots of different types of um, animals, complex animals. And um, it also happens to be at a period of time when the um, tectonic plate configurations are the most confusing. <laughs> and I was talking to um, a paleomagnetics person last night about the Ediacaran um, data and um, the, the consensus um, is becoming that the data from the Ediacaran are so strange that it's uh, almost impossible to reconcile exactly what um, that they, they mean, what the data mean for putting these, these plates together, putting this puzzle back together. And so it, um, it presents a really interesting problem because uh, the distribution of plates around the world impacts how organisms distribute themselves in the oceans. It impacts um, the weathering rates of mountains and things like that and the shedding of all of these kinds of um, weathering components into the ocean. Um, and so the tectonic, the, the positions of those tectonic plates is really important to understand at this particular time in the history of life. And I, no one's ever really done that adequately as far as I, 
I'm aware. Yeah, that sounds like really <laughs> something very difficult by the sounds of it, but really Yeah, I feel like I've too. bitten off more than I can chew, that's for sure, but it's fun. <laughs> but also, you know, you're, you're looking at it, you might be the person that starts the research now so that in 10, 15 years' time, someone else finds the key to the puzzle. Yeah, that's know? right. Yeah. I think so too, and, you know, it... it uh, when you're in a research field, you often get the impression, or from from um, I guess the community at large, that you have to you know produce lots of publications, and that is true. It's like they do say publish or perish, right? <laughs> um, uh, but I I think it is also important to remember like why you do this, and you do it because it's interesting, and um, this is the kind of thing I love thinking about like on the weekends, right? Like it's. <laughs> And um, and that also, you know, good science often needs to happen slowly. Mm. You know, you need to take your time with it. And if it's fun, then that's good too. And I suppose the beauty of studying the Cambrian is none of that information's going anywhere. <laughs> it's true. It's, that's right. It's happened, so yep. you just have to find it. Yep. So um, I've lost my place. Uh, <laughs> so you're currently conducting research. Uh, what are some of the personal highlights of your academic career? Um uh, that's a really that's a really nice question, and um, I think that I've really I've been very fortunate um, in in my career. I've had lots of you know I, it's, it's everything's a combination of like hard work and lucky breaks, and you know being in the right place in the right time and so on. Um, but I. I think that I had a wonderful um, uh, experience as a an undergraduate student and a research student when I was um, coming up. I had a great supervisor, and so I think that was a really important highlight for me. That it cemented the idea that it's the community that um, gets you through in the end. Um, other sort of highlights are things like I mean I I would used to think, um, you know, I would end up in a field site uh, next to some um, farmer's uh, um, a little plot of land in a re- outside a regional town in China somewhere. And I was like, how did I get here? You know, like, this is amazing. Or in the middle of nowhere in um, Western Mongolia, surrounded by nothing but rocks and some sheep um, <laughs> and my tiny little tent. Um, so those kinds of opportunities to see some really amazing places in the world are really big highlights. Yeah. So I guess what... Can learning about this, our past, tell us not just about the past but also the present? Oh, that's a good question too. Because the, you know, I guess when you think about the rock record and the the fossil record, it's very backwards facing. You know, we're trying to understand the past, um, and the that question always comes up. You know, how is it relevant? How, why why do we need to study something that was dead? 300 or more million years ago. What's the point of that for things that are happening today? And um, one of the one of the things I would say to that is that the the fossil record and the rock record is our longest data set for um, anything you'd like to measure, more or less. But particularly things like climate, and people are 
obviously needing to understand how climate works. And the rock record is the only long-term data set that we have. And for um, students out there, you know that long-term data sets are really important in science. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you want a longitudinal study, the, <laughs> the rock record will provide. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when people talk about like future climate and trying to predict future climate, well, we can, um, we can look to the fossil record and the rock record. We want to understand how extinctions work. Um, and that's a really big deal um, in the anthropology right which is the um, the geological period now that people have named the the time that we're in if we want to understand how extinctions work we look to the past so yeah the the earth science discipline um, and paleo science um, does have a lot of relevance to what we're doing today and to things that we're thinking about in the future yeah so what is one thing that you think is important for new students to know in earth science? In earth science or I guess more generally if you wanted to be more general. Yeah, sure. I can do that. So um, I would like to say to brand new students um, to uh, introduce yourself um, to your lecturers and your unit coordinators and to, if, if it's possible and if you're really keen to um, get involved, you are welcome to join the communities and be involved in the things that we're getting up to. And um, one of the ways you can do that is to join the student societies, the Geoscience Society, the student-run Geoscience Society is really fun. What a wonderful group of people that is. They have barbecues um, during the intensive schools and uh, things like geoscience movie nights with pizza and stuff like that um, and they also have a very strong online um, support network as well so um, whether you're online or whether you're on campus there's always a place you know for getting involved I think so um, and I think that probably goes for for pretty much any any discipline yeah yeah do you have a favourite thing about teaching at UNE? Uh, I, one thing I love about teaching at UNE is that um, the students that I teach are so diverse. Like, you know, I think a lot of other universities that aren't so um, proficient with the online um, space um, have a very kind of standard uh, demographic that they kind of appeal to. But UNE, because, you know, we're, we are so flexible, we have people that, I, in one class I can have people who have enrolled sort of out of interest and they may be retired, for example. I've got school leavers. I've got working mums, um, you know, who come onto the, you know, hybrid classroom Zooms with their baby on their hip and they're cooking dinner at the same time. Um, and I'll have people who are already in industry and actually maybe they just need to upskill to kind of get a promotion at work. And um, all these people end up getting kind of like jumbled in together into one big community. And But they're all kind of joined by the same excitement for geoscience. And so I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. No, I love that. Finally, if, if you had to guess, how many fossils do you think that you own? That I own? Yeah. Well, I used to do the thing where I would keep fossils at home. <laughs> and um, <laughs> then I kind of thought, oh, they don't really do much at home. And um, I have 
I have many more at work um, and it's become a work thing now. But because I work on microfossils, uh, yeah, it's a lot. And probably like for my PhD, there was only one. I remember doing counts so, and that was pretty tedious. We used to actually have, um, and I thought that was very funny because we had a uh, one of those little counter things that oh, people would use clicker? to click you into like the club. Yep. And so they would you would click in the fossils so you didn't lose count at like 300 or something like this. And I, I definitely had more than um, 10,000 of I'm one particular species. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, my microfossils or invertebrate fossils, it was really a different ball game to vertebrate things, you know, dinosaurs and mammals and stuff like that. Um, in the, the, the realm of dinosaurs, um, for example, they may have... Uh, only a single fragment of a leg bone, for example, whereas I'll have 10,000 full, um, you know, shells of a particular kind of bivalve. So um, different different kinds of approaches, different kinds of questions you can answer, um, but, yes, yeah, still very exciting, both things. Yeah. Do you have a favourite fossil, either one that you own or one that's in the archives at UNE? Um, I am, well, I think I really love... Um, I love there's particular kinds of Cambrian shelly fossils that I adore and a lot of them they call them problematic fossils and it just means that actually no one knows really what they are and that makes it even more exciting um, and we can have some really good guesses at them and um, use kind of like scientific deduction or reasoning to kind of come up with a sensible idea about what it might have looked like um, but until we find the articulated body fossil, it's always a bit of a best guesstimate. Um, and that I, I just think is really compelling and very fun. Also, I think that fossil corals are beautiful. Mm. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. really cool. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for coming in and sharing all of this with us. It's always lovely to have you on. And I hope we've got some very excited new students out there who, if they're not studying geoscience, may now have an elective that they're interested in taking. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. And yeah, anybody who's interested and they want to learn more they're more than welcome to get in touch with me yeah fantastic